Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time for From the Short Grass with Trey Shap, a golf podcast for those who love golf, struggle with golf, and just like to enjoy the outdoors and fellowship with friends all while chasing a ball around trying to put it in a four and a quarter inch diameter hole. From the Short Grass is brought to you by Stevens Incorporated, an independent financial services firm with the freedom to focus on what matters most. Blackman Auctions. For over 80 years, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. We partner with you to deliver high-yield results by managing, developing, and investing in top-quality hospitality assets. And now, from the short grass, here is your host, Trey Shap. Welcome to another edition of From the Short Grass. I am your host, Trey Shap. The PGA Championship just around the corner. Tiger Woods has already played a practice round over in Tulsa at Southern Hills. And earlier this week, Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth We're on the grounds playing a practice round before the actual week of practice rounds take place at Southern Hills in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We're going to be over there. We will bring you some of the sights and sounds from Tulsa and the PGA Championship in our next episode of From the Shortgrass. But this week, a special treat. I called on legendary sports writer Harry King to come to the studio and sit down with me, and he did. And it was a treat. And you're going to hear our interview after the break. Since 1938, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. If you like to go to an auction, just like to see an auction, it's fun to watch an auctioneer work a room. You can find Blackman Auctions on the web at blackmanauctions.com. With all the decisions you need to make about what to do in El Dorado, finding a place to stay is an easy one. The Haywood is uniquely positioned to make your stay one to treasure. Located in the historic Union Square district of El Dorado, the Haywood offers luxurious accommodations that feature contemporary colorful rooms with high-quality bedding, comfortable baths with walk-in showers, and a spacious workspace with stylish plantation shutters that are unique additions to the stunning decor in a non-smoking environment. Make the Haywood your home away from home the next time you visit El Dorado. This is Thomas Blackman with Blackman Auctions. Get ready for another exciting once-in-a-lifetime auction. On May 19th at 4 p.m., we will be selling 100 acres in the heart of North Little Rock to help settle the estate of Tom Salmon. We will be selling 19 lots from residential, commercial, and acreage. The bulk of this property is located on McCain Boulevard, about a mile from McCain Mall. It has taken a family decades to build this incredible portfolio, and you will have the chance to buy it all in one night. For more information, go to blackmanauctions.com. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. Welcome back to this edition of From the Short Grass. On the tee, legendary sports writer and Arkansas Hall of Famer, Harry King. Harry King, thanks for joining me on From the Short Grass. Man, you're looking good. <laughs> for somebody who's 100 years old. Are, are you 100 now? <laughs> Not quite, but that you know that's the running joke. It used to be at the gym. We'd all go down there, and, and uh, we're all early 70s, and somebody said, boy, you really look good for 92. So that's <laughs> kind of kind of the way it is what was it like watching francis we met when the u.s <laughs> opened i believe it or not i did not see francis we met 
A lot of people think I did, but I did not. There was no TV back then. Well, I know I that. I thought TV. you went and covered the event. No, no, I didn't. You've covered a lot of golf events. I was lucky enough to cover the Masters 10 or 12 years. Yeah. You love the game. I do, yeah. When did you first pick up golf? When did you start enjoying it? What do you, you remember you know, I, about I, that? I was trying to, trying to remember some of that stuff. We were in junior high, three other guys, myself, and my mother – took us to war memorial park where you could rent clubs and i think it was 50 cents to play and she said i'll be back later and she came back later and we just played so we were talking about that oh it's been years ago we were talking about that we think the winner shot 123 wow yeah over those 18 holes <laughs> yeah war memorial park 65 yeah yeah, yeah. it wasn't real good but we enjoyed it well i mean but it was something that you enjoyed doing yeah i, I cut a few classes at uh, ualr to, that biology lab at 8 o'clock in the morning, that's just no good. Much easier to tee off and then play for a dollar. So, yeah, I cut a few. So when did you really start to play golf? North Little Rock actually had what was supposed to be a high school golf team. And we, we were, I guess, seniors. It seems like we broke 100, a couple of us, at North Hills. That was a big deal. Hey, you know. Yeah. I think I still got the scorecard. I shot 93 or 94 at North Hill. And you get hooked. You do. I mean, it's one of those games. You know, you, you hit a wedge in there close. You know that's as good as anybody could have hit it. Now, you miss all those other shots, but that one shot you live for, you know, and it's usually late in the round, the old comeback, you know, we're going to, this is, this is going to be something that'll get us to, uh, to come back and play some more. I remember growing up, I would go watch some of the 4th of July tournament at War Memorial Park with my dad. And I remember seeing this tall, blonde haired guy tee off on number 10 and he drove the green. <laughs> come to find out it was Petey King, yes, it was. your son. Yes, it was. In fact, that, that occurred, right? He was leading the tournament, and somebody birdied eight, and he bogeyed eight, and they were tied, and he turned around and made two on number 10. Yeah, I remember the I remember the shot, yeah. As he grew up, him picking up the game of golf, you kind of probably influenced that a little bit? A little bit, but he was, golly, it's hard to talk about your son and not being prejudiced. Uh, he was a pretty good athlete, you know, played quarterback and um, played shortstop and all that stuff, and like good athletes do and got into golf he, he was ill when he was 12 or 13 and, and actually missed uh, three or four months of school and turned to golf it just he seemed to like it and we were he the people i played with we used to play at long hills uh, jimmy jones at the gazette uh, ron robinson advertising uh, and then paul later and jim elder and those guys and they were always always cordial to pd and so he got to play with them when he was a teenager growing up and I think it was really a good influence playing with adults that that played right. I mean, we we competed. Don't don't misunderstand that. Right. Everybody competed for the dollar or two dollars. What were we playing for? But uh, I think he learned that this is the way you do things. He went on to the University of Arkansas. Yep. Outstanding golfer. Thank you. Has taught throughout his adult life. Right. Had had a pretty good run in the late eighties. I think. Well, I know what he won. Uh, in fact, in the match play, I was thinking about coming over here. How, how you're influenced by the pressures you were talking about earlier, the pressure. The first year he won, he won on 20 holes. He beat Barry Hamilton, defending champion. And the next year, he lost to the number 64 seed. And we talked about it afterwards, and he said, I felt a little weak in the legs. And he, I don't think he would ever admit I was nervous, but I'm convinced that's what it was. Defending champion, oh, my gosh, this is really something. He didn't lose another match the next two years. Right. Once you experience something, yep. you know how to, I think the good ones know how to turn it on and turn it off. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I look agree. at Tiger Woods. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Woods, I was a big Nicholas fan growing up and I still am. I'm, I'm convinced that given today's technology, he would have had as much or more success than, than Woods. I, I really am. 
just because the way he went about it. Uh, I thought his approach to the old idea of playing on the safe side and all that, I see guys firing at the pins all the time these days. That's what they do. That's what they play. You know, we're going to make birdies, and okay, we make a couple of bogeys and make some more birdies. That's that's yeah. It. He never beat himself, and Tiger didn't either. Same kind of thing. You said earlier you've covered several Masters yep. tournaments. 97, when Tiger basically came on the scene, if you will. Yep. A lot of people don't realize this. I did a little research back before the Masters this year. He had won three straight junior AMs. He had won three straight amateur titles. He was a winner in 96, so that got him into the Masters. But he turned pro at the end of 96, so he was not exempt into the Masters in 97 because he had turned pro. Right, sure. He had to earn his way to play in that event. Had he stayed an amateur and played as an amateur, Harry, he, he, he would have dusted the pros I, know, I was just getting ready year. to say, it would have been the, yeah, I know. He shot 40 on the front. And for his next 63 holes, he was 22 under par. Just a different world. You know, he hit it so far, and he, golly. I, I still would argue for Nicholas, and, and that's because of my age probably, just watching him grow up. What was it about Nicholas? Just that he just never beat himself. He always – and and like Tiger, you got to have a good shot, he does it. He, whatever it takes. You know, if it takes a two-iron to the, to the last green, yeah, he's going to hit it. They just are. Can you explain that? No, except certain people can do it. They just can't. Uh, I'm not sure there's an easy answer to that. He won the 19 Masters. Do you think he can win again? I really don't. I'd li- I wouldn't mind seeing him win. I, in fact, I'd like to see him win. But I just recovered. It's amazing to me that he made the cut uh, mm-hmm. down there. It really is. It, golly, I saw that accident more than once, a tape of it. Golly, I'm amazed that he's up and walking. You know, because that was the first thing he said. Maybe he's never going to walk again. Right. They he, thought they he, might have to amputate yeah. his leg. His rehab, his dedication to rehab is really phenomenal. It, uh, you know, it's more than once he's had surgeries and all that kind of stuff. And for him to bounce back, boy. Mm. You were a longtime writer, Associated Press, sports writer, Stevens, yep. sports writer. What? sticks out in your mind an event a golf event that you covered that is just right there that you're like wow i got to be there for that wow mm. i started to say the food at augusta but that's probably, probably <laughs> it's pretty probably, good probably and it's very cheap by the way probably yeah. not what you're looking two dollar and fifty cent pimento oh cheese sandwich my gosh. dollar cokes mm. <laughs> yeah in fact well I, you, you're asking a question and I'm, I'm trying to think if there really was a moment because the, my memories are more of my son's accomplishments than they are of things that I saw. Uh, we we did go on 13 one day and sat up by the green and watched those guys come in uh, to 13 and how they played the hole and all that. It's really – the shot Nick uh, Mickelson hit out of the pines, uh, that's pretty Between memorable. the trees yep. a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. Yeah, that's pretty memorable. Um, maybe – and I wasn't there for that. I did see it. But, it, you know, there's very few that stick out in my mind. But that's one of them. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Of what about Tiger's chip on the 16? Yeah. How many times have we seen that ball roll in, just clear the edge and, and tumble in? Yeah. And Vern Lundquist has been there for some memorable calls. I mean, to have that one, to have Nicholas's yes, sir, in 86. And I was trying to think who did the uh, Island Green um, uh Better than most. Better than most. Seventeenth hole, Gary Coke. Better wow. than most. Wow. Yeah. 
It's a good call. Because from the back of the green all the way to the front, oh, there's a little ridge oh there, gosh, it, and it, it broke turns. like two or three times maybe. Yes. It's one of those that you wish you'd have written that. You know, I never get a chance to say anything like that. Well, of course, because they're doing it live. Uh, you no. got to write it, and it and shows up the next day in the paper. People are, yeah, they're bored by that time anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that first graph usually puts them to sleep. So. I was going to say, some of your writings, you've had to do in some strange places. I say strange <laughs> places, but I remember one story about Augusta National and the Masters and, and when you were writing for Stevens, and you had to get out of there because the plane was about to leave. Oh. That was your ride back home, right? Yes, yes. It's I, I worked for Warren Stevens, nice guy, golly. Anyway, yeah, I had to get on the plane and and, and get it finished. The plane's going to leave whether I'm there or not. So I'm sitting in the back and you got your try, laptop out. Oh yeah, trying trying away. to make two coherent sentences. That's the goal for the day. And Mr. Stevens got on the plane and said, uh, uh, "Hey Harry, how are you? Fine. Uh, what are you doing?" And in my brilliant comebacks, I said. Uh, I'm writing something. That's what you pay me for. Oh my God! Is that, is that the best you can do? Really? Is that good Lord? You came up with that? Yes. Okay. I've regretted for what is that? Twelve years? My God! Isn't that enough of a, of a regret? But what did he say? <laughs> he went okay. When we when we get ready to go, and he said, uh, uh, "Do you drink coffee?" He was up in the front of the plane with a coffee pot. He said, "Do you drink coffee?" Yes, sir. Uh, what uh, what kind of sweetener do you use? Blue or pink? uh blue he brings me a cup of coffee warren stevens bringing me really yeah he did uh what are you going to say to that thank, thank you sir you. i mean yeah yeah yeah, yeah. thanks they, they found out early on after they bought the papers uh that you know we were taking two people out of little rock and six or seven including hogs illustrated from up in fayetteville by the time you paid mileage for five or six drivers and hotel rooms and everything else to go to a football game they re- they realized, oh, wait, this is a better deal. We'll put the plane in the air. And it was certainly better for the two of us in Little Rock, myself and Dennis Bird. Golly. And we did the Rutgers game uh, in New Jersey, uh, up and back, ball game, whole thing, 13 hours. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. And that's that's back when you were covering the Razorback football and writing yep. your column yep. every day, yep. basically. Five times a week. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, made it made a lot. You sleep in your own bed at night. Oh my god! I bet your wife loved that too. That she, you weren't gone. Yeah, I mean, I know she tries to get you out of the house some, but <laughs> we we never, uh, except when our son was in Fayetteville. I never overnighted for a ball game. Always came back uh, riding with Jim and Paul, uh, Jim Elder and Paul Eels. Uh, that was one thing, and and uh, Dennis Bird was kind enough to drive sometimes. So, yeah, what was that friendship like? You and Jim Elder and <laughs> Paul Eels. I miss it. I, that's the best thing I can say. Two guys with impeccable work ethics. I mean, and we never played for more than a dollar. That's all it was. And Orville joined our group uh, one fall, and it was Orville described it as the uh, throats, meaning uh, Paul and Jim, against the scribes, meaning the two writers. Mm-hmm. And we played dollar, dollar, dollar. Never a press accepted. No, it wasn't use in talking about it. Anything like that. It's $3 in or out. Yeah. And Paul and Jim and I had played several times together. And Paul had never played with Orville. We are on the first tee at North Hill. 9.15 Friday morning, North Hills. That's what it was during football. Standing tee time. Standing tee time. They were kind enough to let us have that every every week. And uh, Paul Paul gets ready to play. And the first hole at North Hills, he hits a snap hook that winds up in 18 fairway. I mean, it just goes dead left. Yeah. And he and Jim and I had always hit a mulligan off one. 
He reached in his back pocket and Orville's dead pans. Paul, are you going to play or are you going to practice? There was a couple of seconds there where Paul's going, oh, God, what have I gotten into? And then Orville, Orville breaks out in a smile. And, you know, it was, right. yeah. It, it, got to, it was so competitive that we're on 17, the par three, and Orville hits a great tee shot in there about 10, 12 feet. And Elder is putting for par from 15 feet on the same line. And he looks at it for a minute and turns around and puts it off the green so he doesn't show Orville the line. It was that competitive? Pretty, well, it's a dollar. Come on. Three dollars <laughs> if you lose the whole thing. It, it, yeah, it was great. I, I really miss those days. There was a time that I heard about that it was very cold, <laughs> sleeting. <laughs> you guys had this standing 9-15 tea time on a Friday. And Jim Elder and Paul Hills are over at North Hills, and someone wasn't there. You know, this is the day before cell phones, right? Yeah. I mean, this is in the 80s and all that. Several days before cell yes. phones. And the phone rings, and I pick it up, and it's Jim. And he says, where are you? I said, where do you think I am? You call me at home. There's no other place I could be, right? It's home phone. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, I thought we were going to play, 9-15. I said, Jim, it is sleeting. And he said, just a little. <sighs> oh, Jim grew up in, in Philadelphia, so he never got cold. The only time I ever heard him complain about the cold, he worked a, ball, a football game from the rooftop of UCA, I think, broadcasting the ball game, and it was really cold. But he never complained on the golf course. He, he loved the game, couldn't break 90, loved the game. And <laughs> there were times where Paul and I went out there going, ah, we got to do it for Jim. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to let Jim down. Oh, right. What an idiot. Well, you let him down that day. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> Never again. Never again. So what did he say after that? Did he go play? No. I think he actually gave in. There's a good story, too, about Paul Eels and you at Rebsman Golf oh, Course. golly. Yeah. Can you take us through that? Sure. Uh, it's in the fall. Pretty breezy, you know, 50-something degrees, wind off the river, all that kind of stuff. And I used to take my rings off and put them in a little pouch. And I, I still have no idea what happened. Uh, we get to 18, I go to put them back. They're not there. And it's my wedding ring. <laughs> you know, you got to go home I, and I need explain to have, that. Yeah, I need to have that. And Paul's down on his hands and knees looking around. Oh, we can't find it. I, Paul, let's go home. And I assumed he was going home. Uh, we even, Somebody down there gave us, may have been Paul Lewis, gave us a metal detector. And we still couldn't find the ring out, out around the 18th green. I go home and I tell my wife, Ellen, and she said, well, let's go back down there. Maybe we can find it. We go back down there. It's probably an hour, 50 minutes anyway, his, uh, and Paul is down on his hands and knees in the in the rough on the 18, right at the edge of the rough, going around and around trying to find that wedding ring. And it was not a comfortable day, believe me. And you He's never just, found it? Nope. Just one of those guys. He and Elder Bolt. They, they, was he the nicest guy Oh, my God. Ever? There are a couple of things. He and I played together at a tournament at Pine Bluff, and we did pretty good the first day. And I said, you know, we ought to go down early and hit practice balls, uh, kind of loosen up. <laughs> we both should have done that more often. Anyway, uh, go down there to hit practice balls, and he starts out on the putting green. I was down there one hour, and he never left the putting green because people would come up and say, Paul, I'm so-and-so, and that game at Ole Miss, remember when such-and-such-and-such, and, such and, such, and I, was, I was there, I was there, I heard – 
and he would never say, hey, guys, I need to go hit balls or something. I really do. I I hesitate to tell this one about him, but he, yeah, he would appreciate it, I know. And I wouldn't do it to him very good Lord. Never. He and I, again, at Pine Bluff, and it was a three-day tournament, and you rotated the golf courses, Harbor Oaks, Pine Bluff Country Club, Rosswood. Mm-hmm. And they gave you a quota to play. Uh, one one point for a par, two points for a birdie, and, and your team was assigned 18 points or 16 points or whatever it was. And they comped him, and he called and said, you want to go? Yeah, it was great. Three days down there, they served dinner one night, took yeah, a wine. you don't have and, to pay for it. Yeah, this is great. Now, we do pretty good the first two days. We get to the last day, we're playing at Harbor Oaks, and uh, yours truly got a little lucky in hole one, and it's about two holes from the end for a two on a par four, believe it or not. Okay. Okay. So we get five points. We get in. We've won the flight. Wow, this is great because we didn't have to enough get time to choke. Yeah, that. we didn't have enough time to choke. You know, it's only yeah. two holes. <laughs> okay. Otherwise, somebody would say, "Yeah, you said you're in front." Oh my God! Yeah. Anyway, so we we uh, I said, Paul, well, let's go over to uh, Pine Bluff Country Club. It's where you go cash. He said, "No, we're not going." So what do you mean? He said they caught me. Yeah. Okay. So what? We got three hundred dollars worth of merchandise each over there. He said, "No, I'm not. We're not going to do that." They, they comped me. They comped you. We're not going to do that. It took 20 minutes to convince him, look, you drive me over there. I'm going to get my pair of slacks and some couple dozen golf balls and everything else. You, and finally, he did break down and get it. But he felt guilty about doing that. I remember his last day on this earth. Oh, boy. It was the Houston Nut Car Dealers Golf Tournament. Yes, it was. And I left the parking lot, and he was right there, and he said, Trey, I'll see you later. Yep. It's on the putting green when I left, and we'd played about three days earlier, and I gave him a little heck for being slow to get in the cart. And he said, uh, well, I had a little, little shortness of breath. And that we talked about driving up there. In fact, when somebody called me and said what had happened, I saw what, what, I mean, he said, the person told me, he said, uh, two people uh, died, Paul and somebody else. I said, that's not Paul because he was by himself. He and I were going to drive together, and we didn't. And when I saw him, he was on the putting green uh, getting ready to do his last stand-up. I'm convinced it was sudden because I actually called uh, a friend of mine who had seen the traffic report and said he never touched the brakes, and Paul was a really good driver. He drove. He liked to drive. We drove to Starkville a couple of times and that kind of stuff, and he really did like very safe, 72 miles an hour. That's it. No, yeah. Yeah. No, no 80, 82, none of that. And he never touched the brakes. And if he'd known what happened, he would never been able to live with that. You know, somebody else. Right. Yeah. He just, that's, that was just him. That was him. Yeah. yeah. You've been a lot of places. Best golf course you've ever seen. Yeah, of course, Augusta is something. I would tell you, this golf course 20 miles west of here, if it had been around 50 or 60 years, I'm not sure it wouldn't have the same reputation. And if they were interested in having a pro tournament or a big time, it'd be different, you know, all that exposure. A lot of people, they know it's out there and all that, but they don't see it. It is, it's right there. Pleasant Valley is really good, and and Tyson, you know, in Arkansas, those three come to mind: uh, Tyson's Course in Pleasant Valley and Deal Ocean. Yeah, Augusta, like I said, that's just that's just one of a kind. Fantasy foursome: three other players that you would like to play with, living or deceased. Who would it be? Well, I, I'm 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 prejudiced here, but I'd like to have another round with those guys. I really would. I think about it. Jim and Paul and Orville. I, I do. I think about it. It was. Uh, and you'd play for a dollar. Absolutely. Dollar, dollar, dollar. And I, yes. And I will. Since we're talking. Who would win? If I was playing good, we would win. But I, I broke my hip about 15 months ago. I'd have been slow to. 
and and I recovered completely. It's just been some other things going on, and I haven't played much. I'm going to get back to playing. And if you really want to know about the press, I'd have to tell you one more time that Paul, talk about the nicest guy. I should have told you this one to start with. We're out at North Hills playing with Ron Robinson and a friend of his. And dollar, dollar, it was the same bet as always. And we get to 18, and we've got them. We've already beat them on the front nine, and we got them two down on the back nine. We're going to win. You know, we're going to yeah. win clear. And uh, Ron says, we want to press. And Paul says, well, I, and I, no, no, Ron, we don't we don't accept presses. That's just the rule. And he, he turns to Paul and says, Paul, won't you, won't you go for this? Too? And, of course, Paul gives in because he's not going to say no to anybody. I don't care what they ask him to do. He's never going to say no to anybody. And Ron said, good, we pressed 25 times. Paul wrote a check for the $25. I barely had the $25 my bill for. Never forgave him for that. I, I kid about that. But he, but he did do it. Yeah, he would not turn down. We play for it. We never played anything but $3. And he gets to accept the press for 25 bucks. Nicest guy. <laughs> just some of the stories oh my and, he, and he, you know the nice went past his work ethic and jim's work work ethic and and by the way as recognizable as paul was i was in a grocery one time talking to jim and a guy comes up to him and says you're jim elder jim yeah he said i recognize your voice he said that i listen to you do the travelers every night and jim never hesitated he said oh you're the one <laughs> You know, that's just that's just the way they were. Yeah, both of them. Yeah. Uh, really. Well, Harry, thanks for thanks for coming in and sitting sure. down with me for a little bit. I mean, it's good to relive wealth them. of knowledge. No, nah, I don't know about that, but it's good to relive. Them. I was around some really neat people. I, mm. Well, yeah. you didn't see we met. What about Harry Varden? <laughs> you know, you old Tom Morris. Oh, good lord! You know what? I'm just going to get up and walk out. <laughs> I need to go chip and putt anyway. The next time you're on the road and you need a place to stay overnight, check out bphotels.com. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. Locations in Northwest Arkansas, Northeast Arkansas, Central Arkansas, South Arkansas, Oklahoma, and Mississippi. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels, a proud sponsor of From the Short Grass. This is Thomas Blackman with Blackman Auctions. Get ready for another exciting once-in-a-lifetime auction. On May 19th at 4 p.m., we will be selling 100 acres in the heart of North Little Rock to help settle the estate of Tom Salmon. We will be selling 19 lots from residential, commercial, and acreage. The bulk of this property is located on McCain Boulevard, about a mile from McCain Mall. It has taken a family decades to build this incredible portfolio, and you will have the chance to buy it all in one night. For more information, go to BlackmanAuctions.com. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. With all the decisions you need to make about what to do in El Dorado, finding a place to stay is an easy one. The Haywood is uniquely positioned to make your stay one to treasure. Located in the historic Union Square district of El Dorado, the Haywood offers luxurious accommodations that feature contemporary, colorful rooms with high-quality bedding. Comfortable baths with walk-in showers and a spacious workspace with stylish plantation shutters that are unique additions to the stunning decor in a non-smoking environment. Make the Haywood your home away from home the next time you visit El Dorado. Strength is measured not by the number of accounts. Strength is placing value on relationships. It's having the vision and the guts to invest in growth. It's the commitment to responsibly manage your money. At Stevens, we believe that our strengths build success, not only for us, but for our clients. Stevens, member NYSE, SIPC. This week, Adam Carney is talking about a provisional ball, when you can use it and when you can't use it. 
On the Tee with our weekly rule segment. Here is PGA Master Professional Adam Carney. So a provisional ball is a ball that is played if you think your original ball may be either A, lost, or B, out of bounds. Those are the only times that you can play a provisional ball. So let's say, for example, um, I'm on the teeing ground and I hit a tee shot and it's going towards the boundary and I don't know if it's in or out then I can play a provisional. Or I hit a ball towards the woods. It's it's neither a penalty area nor out of bounds, and it's a high likelihood that I'm not going to find it. Then I can play a provisional ball. So you have to announce that you're going to play a provisional, and you'll play the provisional ball, and then you'll go forward and search for your original ball. And if you find your original ball inbounds, and like in the first scenario, then that ball is in play and your provisional ball is picked up. Or if you go forward in the second scenario and you find your original ball and it is in the woods, then that ball is in play also. You can't choose to play the provisional. No, you can't choose to play provisional because your original ball is in play at that point. You have options under ball and playable under those circumstances if you can't play it. When you hit a provisional ball, do you need to make a different marking on it? To be able to identify the difference of well, the two there's, balls? Well, there's nothing in the rules that state that you must do that. However, there is an interpretation where a player plays a provisional ball, and he when he goes forward, he finds both balls within two feet of one another, and both of them are marked they're both titles ones, yeah. and they have his initials on the side of it, and they're identically marked. How do you proceed? Because obviously your original ball is in play and your provisional ball is in play so the choice is you get to pick one you can pick either one of them but the first ball is lost so you're laying three because you are not able to identify which one identify was, the first which ball. was the first ball he's adam carney he is our rules expert here on from the short grass if you've got a question about the rules of golf Send us an email and we'll get it answered from the shortgrass at gmail.com. That's it for this edition of From the Shortgrass. Remember, when you find a ball mark on the green, fix it and a couple of more. And I hope to see you from the shortgrass. You've been listening to From the Shortgrass, a weekly podcast dedicated to the game of golf. This has been a presentation of the Buzz Radio Network.